0: Hey guys, quick disclaimer before we get started. The views and opinions you're about to hear are solely those of the host and guests of the Getwire Podcast and may or may not reflect the opinions of CED Consolidated Electrical Distributors or its sponsors. Speaking of sponsors, July is a new month, so we got a new vendor of the month, and this month we have Southwire as our sponsor for the GetWire podcast, and they're supporting the CED Friday Barbecue program as well. So if you're in the area on a Friday, come by CED and get hooked up with some free lunch and check out some Southwire tools, get discounts on various items we're going to be having on specials. So whether you're a contractor in need of a new set of uh, hand tools or you're doing a huge job and you want to use the best and latest and greatest uh, wire pulling technologies, the best lubed wire, uh, you know, the Simpole wire or any of the other innovative products they have, like the MC barrels, as well as they also have these pull packs that are pretty cool too. So check it out. Come by CED during the month of July and get discounts on Southwire tools and Southwire wire products.
1: Welcome to the Get Wired Podcast, presented by CED Vero Beach. Join us as we make new connections, share our outlooks on business as well as life, and provide a new look at the wholesale electrical supply industry from the inside out. This is the Get Wired Podcast. Here's your host, Mike Burkhardt.
0: All right, and thanks for joining us. You're live here at the Get Wired Podcast. Well, we're live here. You're actually not live. You're probably listening to this a couple hours or maybe even a day later, even a week later, you're driving in your car. Uh, but this, we got a special guest for you today, Jeremy Schwibner. I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Mm-hmm. Perfect.
1: Good. It's good. I can I can barely say it myself. So
0: Got that out of the way. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy is part of the 25% of the guests that we are strategically bringing in that are not directly related to the electrical supply industry. So if you're curious why we're doing that, we're just trying to get an outside look and bring them in for their specialized talents. Um, so the way I met Jeremy and the reason, main reason he's here is that he's actually really good at networking. He's developed um, one, maybe more network groups of, of that you started from scratch? Just one in particular. One in particular? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you recall, the very first time that we met was actually at the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, God, it must have been like 2012.
1: Well, that's where I was prospecting for my networking group.
0: Ah, you were you were in there as like a like a shill almost, trying to get in there and like like
1: play around. See, were you there to get ideas, get people on board, or how did that work? I was there to find people to invite to my networking group because in 2012 it was probably only three or four people. So you already had business people we out. I'm pretty sure it was started at that point. Okay. Um, because it's been around almost six years, or excuse me, almost five. How long have you been in Vero? So, been in Vero six. Okay. Six years.
0: Oh, so you got here right before me. Mm-hmm. Two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. I moved here in April two thousand and twelve. Well, now I'm disappointed. I wasn't invited at that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I think shortly thereafter. Yeah, probably. yeah, uh, for sure. I think we met, and then we met at CrossFit, and then I was I put the two together, and, and then we started talking. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that was a that was a good time. I definitely enjoyed it. Are you
1: still you're still doing that? And where are you guys meeting at these days? We meet at um, an engineering firm in town. Uh, someone in the group and they offer up a conference room space oh okay we started in my office but it was a small room we outgrew it pretty quick yeah then we went to like an assisted living facility I remember that Um, yeah they had kind of like a theater room and it wasn't very you know conducive because we were all facing one direction and it (laughs) wasn't and then uh, one of the members was an engineer at this firm and they had a free conference room and so now the group's like 30 people and so we all we all sit in a big circle and so it's much more
0: I think the most that was ever there was like 12
1: when I was going. So, congratulations, man. That's awesome. That, that's huge. It took time and it's, you know, it's a lot of work. And uh, especially in the beginning, started like two, three people. If one person doesn't show up, yeah, you know, your group's cut in half, but, <laughs> you know, you keep it going, slowly build it over time. I think it's at one point we were probably like 37 people. Oh, wow. And so it's kind of like a revolving door. Some people coming and going. and um, But there's a core group of people that get it and yeah. show up every week and... So we typically have, I think I have 30 active members right now, probably get anywhere between 20 and 24, I would say. Is it every, every single, single every single week? We do every Thursday morning except the third week of the month. So this, this tomorrow, because this is a Wednesday, so tomorrow morning we will not have a group meeting.
0: Oh, Okay, cool.
1: So, so everybody gets a week off.
0: Right on. Uh, so that's actually one of the questions I did have. Uh, so if you are new to town... And this is uh, especially new for the trainees in my division that are about to rotate out of their first year position into their second half of their training. Mm. So they're all going to pick up and pack out. uh, Taylor, for example, downstairs is actually moving next Friday to uh, the west coast of Florida. Okay. And uh, so if you're new to town and you didn't know anybody, what would be your suggestions as like a master network builder on how to quickly integrate in both a professional and a more social friend kind of
1: way. Well, I wouldn't call myself a master network or prospect or whatever. But Six
0: years, you got your 10,000 hours. I car. mean,
1: um, you know, so for me, like, in the Chamber's a great example. I think the Chamber's wonderful. They do a lot of great stuff, um, a lot of great events. But you go to, let's say, a Chamber happy hour, right? And you're going to go and you're going to meet, like, you know, maybe in a more populated area, like 50 people. You're going to get a bunch of business cards. Yeah. Um, but did you really make any solid connections? You know, did you really get A good idea for who these people are and what it is they do, and and uh, you know, at the end of the day, how you can add value to, to what they're doing. Yeah, and we'll probably come back to that later because that's kind of a key tenant, I think, in, in, in networking and, and, and trying to build your network. But anyway, so that's the point of why I created the group um, to be able to go beyond just having a drink and getting a business card and trying to understand people and make more meaningful relationships and build friendships. And so, uh yeah. you know, being that I was new in town in Vero beach, when I moved here six years ago, I went to everything I could possibly find. So the chamber events, young professional meetings, um, there's a lot of obviously home healthcare and senior living type stuff here in Vero beach. So yeah. there's, there's a term, there's, you know, multiple opportunities every week to go do something like that. Um, now obviously, you know, I'm in the financial services industry and, uh, so even being there and building connections, you know, makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I don't know how you could spin that, you know, with the electrical supply business, but, you know, putting that aside, you know, you want to go and you want to find out who's worth your time and, right. and meet people that you feel like would be people that you'd want to do business with and, and you could help. And so for me, I, I did all those events so that I could kind of cherry pick and figure out if I was going to build my ideal group, who would I want in it? Right. And then I would reach out to those people and uh, and invite them to my group and then eventually the group got to the point where, you know, people are wanting to come in um, and I don't have to spend as much time prospecting for my group, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, busy life, busy job, busy family. So there's only so many hours in the day.
0: That's a, so that's uh, a huge commitment. Three out of every four Thursday, Thursday mornings, plus all the work begin, it goes on behind the scenes. Um, not a tremendous amount, but,
1: um, you know, I do moderate and uh, I'm not you know, able to go every week. So fortunately I have some people in the group that can step up and kind of leave when I'm not there. Yeah. But um, you know, we meet early, so it's 8 a.m. So my whole thing is we, we meet from eight to about nine fifteen, 15. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what are you really getting accomplished for nine fifteen anyway? Right. 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 Um, And so in fact, you know, when I first got my taste of, of doing networking like this is when I was living in Fort Lauderdale and I was involved in two groups down there and both of them, two groups that were, I, sh- I should mention, were kind of prototypes for what I created here. So it's not like a new idea that I came up with on my own. Right. Um, but those groups started at 7 a.m. And so in, in that situation, it's, it was like 7 to 8. And so then again, what are you doing before 8 a.m.? You know, so you just went, you did something positive for hopefully your business. Um, you know, you, you, so you did a lot before your day even started and still get in the office and do what you got to do before probably you would anyway. So yeah, um, yeah, it's a commitment, but. But I think that there's value there, and that's why I do it.
0: It's definitely one of those things that you get exactly as much back, if not more, than you put into it. And so if you put in very little, you get very little back. And I think people get easily frustrated with that and and would stop going because, again, nobody to blame except themselves, right? Like they're not putting in the work, and so you don't get back the return on it. And for me, it was like – it was a challenge with the time because we do open at seven, mm-hmm. and so I was coming in and then leaving and then coming back, and it was kind of chopped up. And I, it was when I first started out here, I had like two or three employees. Uh, I didn't have this solid crew that I have now, where I do have the luxury of being able to go out for hours at a time and not really worry too much about it. Um, and then I got hooked up with the Treasure Coast Builders Association. Are you, are you familiar with them? I went to a meeting one
1: time. Yeah, but um, what did you think about that? CJ? I, think, I think I went as a guest. Yeah, I think it was a good group. That was early on in my career as well. Um, and then I think they hit me with, you got to join. And it was pretty hefty. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it was pretty pricey and, yeah. and not being in, in that specific industry. It was in the hundreds uh, of niche. dollars, something like that? Um, I don't exactly remember. I just remember it being enough that I just didn't think it was a good use of my resources. It might have been $1,000. I think it was, yeah. Now I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yours is free? So that's kind of a big component of mine. Um, you know, there's other networking groups in town, yeah. you know, whose names I won't mention that have a financial <laughs> commitment. Right. And so for me, it's like, you know, if, if, if you want to be there, you know, I want you to be there for the right reasons. And um, right. And so the whole idea of the group is, you know, it doesn't cost anything, um, but there's a, a commitment and that commitment is in the, the broadest of sense, is to try to... You know, you're the, you're not you're the, you're there because you want referrals and you want to build your own business and sure. you build your own brand. But at the end of the day, the group only works if everyone else is there with the idea of trying to help somebody else. And right. so, if if I got a group of thirty people and thirty people show up and everyone's sitting down waiting to get a referral, then nobody's <laughs> going to get a referral. But if thirty people come in and every single one of them has the objective of trying to really take a deep appreciation and an interest in the other members and what it is that they do and and what their brand is about and and try to, you know, I call it net or again, I didn't create this, it was, you know, something that I was a part of down, down South um, with a a dear friend of mine that started it, but we call it net weaving. So it's, it's, it's not just networking, it's net weaving and net weaving is saying, you know, understanding Mike and what is that he, what he does and what it is exactly that he's trying to accomplish. And he might, you might have a specific goal that you're trying to um, network with, let's say, an electrician or you want to meet a builder or you want to meet a property manager or whatever. And so my objective, while it's your time to speak in the group, um, is to be going through my head and trying to figure out all my friends and my family and and my contacts and my clients and everything, you know, who do I know that I can put Mike in in contact with? And so I'm actively, I'm trying to be active in helping Mike expand his business and do good for him. And then I'm trying to do that for everybody else in the group. And so I'm 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 really net weaving. I guess it's kind of it maybe slightly corny, but no, net, like weave, <laughs> net weaving in everybody else to try to figure out you know how I can be a connector and how I can help them. Um, and so you know if I if I'm doing that, if I'm committed to doing that, and everybody else in the group is committed to doing that, well then hey, there's 29 other people that when I get up and I'm giving my little two minute elevator pitch, that hopefully there's 29 other people that are going to be thinking about doing the same thing for me. Right. And so ultimately, the group has become kind of this mobile. You know, marketing force for my brand that hopefully continues on outside of the one hour that we meet every week, um, and we talk a lot about you know six degrees separation and Vero Beach being a small town. <laughs> it's like three. You know, maybe it's three, <laughs> and then being in the group and having you know deep relationships with thirty other professionals in town. I hope that it's two degrees separation. So I don't think right. that there's there's probably not a single person in Vero Beach that I'm not connected to, in maybe you know two at the most. Um, points of connection, the, so
0: so. Do you do that um, for yourself privately, or were you asked to do that for your company, or is, do they two just kind of work together in a good way? Or
1: no, I mean, you know, being that I'm I'm a financial advisor, so uh, it's it's my employer doesn't care how I do. Well, they care how I do, but they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care how I do Some it. Ethics involved. They don't them. care how I, they don't <laughs> care how I, how I'm doing it as long as I'm you know being successful and and finding new clients, and so it's up to me as as especially as I started out in the business from scratch, um, I can build my business any way I want, and so obviously, nice. you know, networking is is one of the the better ways to do that. Um, although it's a big time commitment and something that takes quite a while, it's not something that you're not going to you know you might not see returns right away. It takes quite some time, um, yeah. And so to me, this was you know one of the the, the better ideas I could come up with um, as a way to meet people in the community and kind of get established here. So. Kind of
0: along the same lines. When you start something like that, and you, and it does take a while to get started, and it is difficult at first. And you're probably, you know, if like anything new, you're making a lot of mistakes, and you know, quote unquote, feeling a lot, um, and you're not seeing the results right away, and you know, super delayed gratification could be a six month cycle until you start to see any traction. What do you do in the very beginning, and and along that process, in like the first six to twelve months, to stay focused on your goals and to to not lose that intensity at month three as you had in month
1: one yeah i mean i think it's obviously important to recognize that um you know what you what you put out is not necessarily what you're going to get back and i don't think it's ever going to be that right you know and you know we're both big fans like gary vee talks about the 51 49 rule all the time gary V, yeah you're you're going to put out 51 percent, and you're never going to get more than 49 percent back and i think that's just I don't know if it's like the law of the you know, the universal law or whatever, but it seems to be that way. And so an important thing is, is, you know, I view myself as a connector. And I think that, you know, for me personally, I just get a lot of joy and a lot of pleasure at helping other people. And so like, if you might have an ask, you know, you're trying to do something, maybe you're trying to hire an employee or you're looking for a specific thing. Um, You know, nothing is going to get me more joy um, if I can, if I can fill that, that, that ask for you. And so, um, you know, for me, it really is, it's about trying to do good for other people. And so in time, I know that, that, you know, karma, it's going to come back to me. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of not fair sometimes that it doesn't come back, you know, equally or maybe as quickly as you would like it. Right. But at the end of the day, I still feel like I'm getting my name out there and getting my brand out there. I'm doing good for other people. And in the end, it's all going to work itself out. So so you don't have like an end goal with this; or it's just going to be continuing for
0: and, until it stops, right? Like, well, there's no end goal because yeah. the,
1: the, you know, I moderate the group and I run the group again because I'm trying to do good for other people and to help other people. Yeah. And I, I you know, and, and I learned learned a long time ago, you know, I think in sales and in business, you know, you can't just do if you if you're doing doing something for the wrong reasons, it's never a good idea. Right. So if you're, whether that's, you know attending a networking event or, um, you know, joining a board or sitting on a committee for a nonprofit or something. If you, if you're not doing it for the, for the first and foremost reason, because you have a passion for it, um, then it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to be good for anyone. So, you know, don't do it just because don't sit on some board because you think you're going to get business back, sit on the board because you're passionate about the board. Right. And then if you get business as a, as a, um, a consequence of that, then that's, that's kind of a plus. And so I kind of look at the networking group like that, um, is that I, you know, I, I get excited to converse and interact with their people and, and help them grow their businesses and do good, do good by them. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I'm hoping, but I, you know, that I do get business in return. And I, I know over time that I will. Absolutely.
0: And that, and just uh, knowing that it's going to happen is is part of. it. I'm just curious about the process. Why I keep digging in so deep mm-hmm. on it is because. Like with the podcast, I knew for sure it's going to take a long time for it to get traction. No one's ever made an electrical supply podcast before. <laughs> uh, the best case scenario is every single CED employee listens to it, and that's like 10,000 people. And that's pretty far-fetched. But in order for me to get to even 1,000 people or my you know my 1,000 true fans or whatever it's going to be, um, I can't look at each episode and think like, oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. That'd be too disappointing. So I got to start
1: somewhere. So.
0: Yeah, so I committed to 100 episodes right out of the gate. Like, that's just kind of how I am is like pick a, pick a goal that is like out there somewhere in the ether that you can't even think about what it's going to be like out there and then kind of work backwards and just like don't worry about – like I remember the first episode we were up here with Taylor and we weren't even – We had mics in our hands but it turned out i didn't have this button clicked and so we were actually using the mic from the laptop and it was just terrible (laughs) and i remember thinking like i'm gonna be laughing at this at episode 100 but right now it sucks you know and like so it it makes failures and little hiccups and when things go wrong just like i don't know puts it all in perspective and it doesn't let you you don't you don't have a choice but to get up and try again this is episode 22 21 22 -hmm. something like that um so i'm like you know, twenty one percent of the way there, but I and there's still gonna be a lot to learn and and move towards. That's kind of how I've always done new things is like pick a lofty goal that's so far away that you don't really you can't really focus on it, but you have to keep working to get there anyways. Um, and then to kind of work backwards from that goal too. It's I don't know. It's hard. So that's why I'm trying to build my idea about goal building, goal getting, and, and just based on other people's opinions and how mm-hmm. they
1: how they look at it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're also talking about you know, I don't know if it, it's not a law, but let's just call it the law of compound interest, right? Yeah. So, and that's just that's kind of funny because it's what I what I do and talk about with my clients a lot, all the time, especially younger uh, individuals. Yeah. But um, you know, the idea that you start saving money, um, you put in a dollar, and then that dollar becomes two dollars, then it becomes four dollars, eight dollars, sixteen, and you get to this point where it stops growing linearly and it starts growing exponentially. Yeah. And uh, compound interest extends, you know, not just To other things as well, I think a great example is technology, right? And so um, people are all amazed about the technological advances that are occurring. And I think, you know, we're going to see that the time span between the big advancements are going to get even shorter and shorter and shorter. And that's just compound interest rearing its head in the technological space. And so when we're talking about, you know, building your podcast or building a networking group or establishing yourself in the community, I think you're talking about effort. Yeah, You're putting in effort, and I think effort compounds on itself just the same yeah it's like momentum uh, exactly just, yeah. exactly and so you know as long as you have the vision and you're doing it the, the right way for the right reasons yeah. Um, you know your efforts will pay off for sure um, but you know back to the group for a second I'm, it's yeah. obviously unrealistic to think that anyone listening to this networking group or like Taylor moving to the west coast of Florida he's not necessarily going to start his own networking group but I think for people listening um, you know the important thing to take away is is that if when you're, when you're doing things like networking, whether it's your group or someone else's group or just an event, um, the biggest takeaway, and I think how you get the most return is, and and for me in my life, it's all about, you know, with anything that I'm doing is if I'm, am I adding value, right? How can I add value? And so if you're, you know, meet someone at an event and you find out what they do, um, you know, you need to let them do ninety percent of the talking. You do ten percent, and you need to find out what it is that they're that they're looking for, what it is that they need, and and try your best to add value or show that you can add value to what it is that they're that they're looking for. So that's um,
0: that's something that I believe a lot, and I think about it a lot, and read about it. We you know we listen to the same similar podcasts, and uh, you know probably read a bunch of the same books on on, mm-hmm. on the subject. But what, for somebody who doesn't know. Or maybe has never heard that. I mean, it was literally the signature. Of my email was adding value one order at a time, or adding right. value to an organization one order at a time, uh, for the longest time until I made it uh, supplying the American Dream. <laughs> Just came up with that
2: nice. last week. Yeah, because
0: you know I help entrepreneurs. I help uh, electricians who want to run their own business. I, right. su- I supply that ability for them to run their own business clean in a clean and effective manner. But I really believe in adding value, but for somebody who's never heard that before, or somebody who's heard it and is like, "Okay, that's kind of foo, foo, foo," or like, "I don't know what it is well enough to to really believe it or understand it." How do you define it? Adding value. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Or can you give an example? A of, of a way that uh, that you've used it in the past, like for me, I uh, just to just to maybe generate some ideas on your end. Sure. One way that we add value is, you know, free delivery. So you call in an order and we bring it out to you for free, like it, whatever it is, as long as it's reasonable, you know. Another way thing that we do is like, in, instead of looking at the electrical supply industry as like, I'm here to have electrical products on the shelf. I look at it as I'm actually here to make the electrical supply experience like really good for you so that you don't have to worry about it as a, as an electrician who's trying to run a multi million dollar business with 10 guys in the field or maybe more than that 10 trucks with two guys each. So 20 guys in the field running around, um, bills to pay jobs to win, bids to get all that stuff. Like the last thing you want to worry about is the supplies on the shelf. And so if I can do anything that actually makes your life easier, whether it's, you know, the free deliveries, you don't have to send two guys over here and pay them to do it. Or if it's like we go in and even build websites for customers, we go in and help with their social media for totally free, like just because if their business grows, then our business grows. And uh, for me, that's a way that we can really add some value by not really costing me anything except time and maybe a little bit of effort and using some skills that I kind of have on the back burner. I'm not using every single day in my business to help them grow their business. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just one example.
1: So I think it's uh, Warren Buffett who said, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Yeah. Right? And so I guess an example you know, I would lean towards, I guess, what it is that I do. So I I said I'm a financial advisor in the financial services industry. And so we were talking before the podcast started about, you know, Wealthfront and there's Betterment. and These are like what's being referred to as a robo-advisor, like the financial technology. Yeah. And so the robo-advisor model has basically proven that the investment piece of the business that I'm in um, really only has a price of about 25 basis points or 25%. Okay. So – I'm on the retail side of the business. I'm a financial advisor. I work with families um, and manage investment assets. Um, so I think my industry collectively, we could say on average, maybe charges, you know, 1%. So if we charge 1% and the robo platform has proven that the investment advice that, or the investment management itself is really only worth a of that, yeah. then what are you paying for? And the other, right. and so,
0: cause that's huge in the long run. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And
1: so, um, for me in the business that I'm in w- with the people that I work with, we are extremely comfortable in the fact that we add more value than that. <laughs> so, um, and for us, that's, that's, you know, just the intangible intangible things that go just beyond the investment piece. And so, you know, I guess that's an example of in, in my business on, on, you know, where we feel like we're adding value, but know kind of getting back towards the the networking thing i think it's just about you know if you go to an event and you're walking around and you're getting your free drink and you're just picking up business cards and you're meeting people yeah um you know if, if you're not having meaningful conversations and being inquisitive and and finding out what it is that that you know, you know why is everybody else at this event you know yeah. it's just to have a drink and meet some people yeah how much um, money is in this room right, right now <laughs> yeah. what else do they do you know yeah. what, what business are they in what, what what can they do what can you do to help them grow their business you know how again how can you add value to help them succeed in whatever it is that they're doing in their life yeah um and so if you're not going to go into an event with that kind of a mindset then i feel like you're not going to be adding any value and you might as well you're probably just wasting your time. Yeah. Um and if you do believe in in you know law karma and and all that stuff that goes along with it.
0: Does anybody then... not believe in karma cuz that shit just makes sense, right? <laughs> like it just it, if you do good things for people and i'm stealing a little bit of Gary Vee's flow there, but if if you if you do good things for people you're going to get good things back.
1: Was the Gary Vee the cursing part? Is that what that
0: was? Yeah, about? that's uh, okay. that's all right. This is construction. Uh, You know, I mean, it just makes sense that if you go out there and try to help people, like some of my best customers are literally just people that I've gone way out of my way to help and never asked anything in return. And just, like, you do something above and beyond and never, like, put your hand out and say, where's the thank you, where's the handshake? Just like, all right, see you later, and just just drive off. And and they're kind of left standing there like, wait, why did he just do that? Like, Mm -hmm. why did he go way out of his way, stop what he was doing, uh, bring something out here? lose money on an order because we underbid it, whatever it is, and then never ask for anything in return. It's because, you know, you mentioned uh, like a definition of of sales and somebody told me in like my junior year in college, I still remember his name is Marcus Madlock. If by some chance you're listening, Marcus, I still remember what you said. And you said that sales is simply building and maintaining relationships. And that I just never forgot that. It's one of those things that somebody said as a guest speaker in a class. And I was like, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And this is about the long term relationship. I've been here for five years. I've dealt with some of the customers since literally day one. Um, and and so it's never about one order. It's never about one job or one issue or one breaker or light switch. It's about the whole process and the 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 expectancy of that customer's you know profits over the longest terms. I think you're in the same boat. Like you get somebody on board. it, take, it might take you six months to sign them. But once you get them you're probably going to have them for like I don't know what's the longest that you're you're I don't know if you can know if you can say that but like the longest that you've had a customer since you moved to Vero.
1: Well, I've been in the business 6 years so I would say 6 years. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's like a long-term sale. There's no short cycle like there you get a lot of people that come in and out and you never see again or is it very much like a like a long-term sales cycle?
1: No, I mean in the in the industry you probably there's a tremendous amount of turnover but really? for For myself and for the partners that I have in the team that I work with, it's it's very minimal. Yeah. And the reason is again, it's it's price is what you pay, value is what you get. And so um, you know, our clients aren't our clients understand what it is they're paying for. And if if they didn't understand that they wouldn't be clients to begin with, because (laughs) that's just you know, we kinda set the expectation from the start. Right. But um, you know, getting back to what you were saying of and I lost my train of thought. Well no, it I, I, happens you, I guess. You were talking about the difference in like
0: <laughs> like the percentage points, right? Like that how that 0.75% mm-hmm. is 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 the money that that's required to obviously keep the business alive on your end, but it's also the like it's worth it because of the value you give your customers. We're in the same boat. I mean, everybody can have the same electrical supplies on the shelf tomorrow if they place the right PO. Right. And so that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So
1: so somebody can come here and buy fixtures and supplies, but you just talked about doing the extra, going the extra mile. Yeah. Um Which isn't costing them anything more, but they're more. Sometimes sometimes it is. Okay, (laughs) you know, but they're if they can if they can buy you know a widget over here and not get free delivery, or buy a widget over here and get free delivery, right? And the widgets are the same price. They're obviously going to go to where the free delivery is, and so that's a value add. Uh, So I think there's you know
0: some people don't get it, and they will spend literally six hours of their day as an owner of a company driving from one place to get wire, one place to get pipe, one place to get. You know their devices and one place to get their light bulbs because they're getting some nominal percentage or some perceived discount or mm-hmm. some relationship and they'll literally spend their whole day driving around picking this stuff up thinking they're winning by, by saving so much money. Maybe they are saving money but you're never going to get that time back and you're never going to get the opportunity cost of that time to like bid a job or hire a time is money so absolutely (laughs) and it's uh it's again about like what else could you be doing instead of just trusting one person with all the money that you're you're gonna spend that day anyways within a couple percentage points. And that's that's kind of the leverage that I put on the whole thing is like, well I have more employees here than all the other stores in Bureau combined. I have more inventory on the shelf than all the other stores combined we have free water, we do free barbecues on on the weekends, we're getting an ice machine, like all these little things that like, yeah, you're not really paying for up front, but you might pay, I'm not afraid to admit it, you might pay a little bit more here than you would somewhere else just by a few percentage points. But it's going to make your experience of buying electrical supplies in the long run that much better.
1: Right. Um, Well, someone told me a long time ago, there's you know three steps to winning business and that especially you know we're talking about an individual customer or client if you will yeah so first they have to like you then they have to trust you then they have to recognize that you're good at what you do and i would add on to that that they have to there has to be perceived value yeah and so um it's really good you know we talk about obviously going to events and networking and doing things and that's what you're doing is you're building a relationship you, you know you're you're building relationships with people so that they can like you yeah. Then you're you're proving to them that you're trustworthy and that and then they Ultimately, you're good at what you do, and there's perceived value in what it is that you're doing. And so, obviously, you doing those things like the barbecues and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, people are probably, you know, willing to pay the extra cent or two cent or whatever it is to get that experience and to to come and see you guys. So,
0: um, yeah, I mean, that's actually that's actually what it's all about. It's it's customer appreciation. It's the thank you economy. Another Gary Vee thing. Like, I can't tell you how much money I just spend on on giveaways and doing things for free and like mm-hmm. you know uh just 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 fun things that i think are i do it because i think it's cool like i think it's cool to go to a customer that's having a i can tell is having a rough week or whatever and maybe he couldn't participate in one activity that i, I offered him and so but his wife is like well hey anytime there's a spa day hook me up or whatever you know ha 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 and she sends me that email of like well my wife says anytime you get a spa day we'll take that and i'm like okay fun- that's funny that's funny I think about it for a day, and the next thing I do is go out and buy, like, the best spot package at White Orchid and send it over to him. Right. Again, never asking for – never – just, like, here you go, have a nice day, and Mm -hmm. turn around, walk away kind of thing. Um, And that's the kind of stuff that – like, now I'm just making him look good and making him be the hero to his wife and being like, hey, look how my business is adding value to our relationship. Sure. Um, And, you know, I think it lasted – the residual effect of that was about four or five days, and then
1: we went right back to where we, (laughs) we were at with the customer. Well, I mean, you know, you you brought up before you said, is there anyone that doesn't believe in karma? And I don't know, know, but I think there's plenty of people that, you know, doesn't. So we talk about, you know, the networking and building relationships and stuff. And, you know, for me, you know, I feel like I'm a natural born connector. And so I'm constantly throughout my day trying to connect people and trying to, you know, connect the dots, I guess. Um, And I think, unfortunately, there are not everyone is a born connector. And what I found... Not only through my experiences and in, in doing what it is that I do, but actually you know working with some coaches and some consultants and people that have done this for a very long time with a lot of different people yeah um, you know the, the takeaway is is that those who aren't connectors often can't be taught to be connectors, and so mm. that's an unfortunate thing um, and so You know, we talked in the beginning about me going to these events and trying to cherry pick people from my group. (laughs) That's essentially what I was trying to do is I was trying to figure out, you know, who are the natural born connectors because those are the people that I want to spend my time with. Right. um, And I don't want to spend my time with people that aren't because if they're not, you're going to be, you know, trying to do what you can to add value to them and they're never going to return the favor.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, And so – Is that because they're just not seeing it the way that you're seeing it or –
0: because I, I actually I don't believe that there are skills that not everybody can learn. I think anybody can learn the skills that they set their mind to and, and, and work their ass off to do it. So as far as, like, innate skills of being a connector, I think some people might tend to be better at it, but I think you could also take somebody and say, like, if you show them why it's important enough, and, and just if they really buckle down and work at it and screw up a ton to get there, um, I think they could overcome that. But I definitely see what you're saying. Like, if you go out there and... I mean, it, it almost, like... It, it just makes sense that you would go out there and try to find people that are equally minded of of like trying to give back
1: to what you're putting into it you know right it's essentially i think it's about you know getting outside your comfort zone oh right? yeah
0: that's where all the magic is
1: right and so uh, <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll give the example so like i'm to have a golfer yeah. i was playing golf and uh i was playing with a guy that lives in Vera only a short time out of the year and then he lives in another part of the country and he has an interest in. he's a developer and he has an interest in learning more about the the younger millennial generation of Euro Beach because mm-hmm. he, he thinks there's an opportunity to invest downtown, right? For and, sure, and that was the extent of the conversation. And so, and, and so I I stepped out of my comfort zone and I said, well, t- tell me more about that, you know. And so he starts to elaborate, and I say, well, well, do you think that it would be in your best interest to meet with a young real estate agent who I think is probably you know connected into that millennial um, you know age group um, and is very connected in the downtown. and yeah, that might be good. Or, or what about a young attorney who does a lot of development and kind of has his finger on the pulse of Euro Beach? Right, that'd be great. All right. Well, turns out because I have an attorney and a real estate agent in my networking <laughs> group who fit the bill. Yeah. Now he didn't ask me if I knew a real estate agent or knew an attorney that could help him with that endeavor. Yeah. And he didn't. He just talked about it because he was you know shooting shooting the shit. Yeah. Um, but you know I stepped out of my comfort zone and I and I basically got and, and for me so it, it was like. You know, it just made my day. Yeah, that I was like, wow, was I? I wanted to get off the golf course as fast as I could, so that I could reach <laughs> out to this real estate and, and a real estate agent and attorney to let them know that I just made this connection for them. Yeah, um, and you know, fingers crossed. Anything I can do, like I want to, I want to see it succeed. I don't know. <clears throat> I guess that's a, like an innate thing that maybe I have, and other people have, and some people don't. But that's really cool, man. That- but the, you know, I think the average person, you know, someone, and, and I mean, there's you know, not everyone in my group. You know, is like that, and and a lot of people that you might meet at an, at an event might not be like that. Also, right. Um, and so, if if they were in my shoes in that situation, the only way that attorney and that real estate agent is getting the referral is if that developer says, "Hey, do you know a real estate agent or attorney?" <laughs> yeah. And then I could be like, "Well, yeah, I'm in a networking group with one," but you know, the odds of that happening are pretty slim. Yeah. Um, so you're like a matchmaker.
0: You're just constantly thinking like, like, were you like that in high school with with like guys and girls or? you know, no. hooking friends up <laughs> no, or not none, at all. none of that. No. My wife's
1: really good at that, but <laughs> yeah. but not me. I think it's just, I don't know, something that I think I kind of fell into as I got older when yeah. I kind of got into the working world and the business world. I mean, I I would say I'm a kind person, and, right. you know, always try to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once I got into kind of the sales role, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, I guess treating people the way you want to be treated or or doing for others how you'd want them to do for you. And so for me, I'm in this, you know, a sales job and I'm trying to be successful and grow my business. And so there's a certain way that I wish other people would help me. right? And so the best way that I feel like I can, you know, help that along is if I try to be that way for other people. Yeah. (laughs) And so hopefully the law of karma is a real thing. It is. And eventually (laughs) it's going to come back. I mean, sometimes, you know, and we talk about, you know it's frustrating at times. I mean I've had the group six years. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I've had any amazing results for me personally, but I get a lot of joy out of the fact that I've helped out a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I, I know you don't keep score, but I,
1: well, we you, do. I do keep score. <laughs> <laughs> we had we have it on our on our on our, <laughs> our ten sheet. You know, it's referrals given, referrals received, but.
0: Yeah, but you don't seem like the kind of guy that's like, well, hey, I did hook you up with that developer so No, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, where's no. my bottle of scotch or anything no. like that. But like there is some something just so so good about that. Like so pure about that. And I I I've, I've been in the situations where you where you hook two people up and, and you do it for no other reason except for that it's the right thing to do. I and mean, maybe you don't maybe people don't want to call it karma because that's kind of woo-woo or whatever, but um, and I understand that. It's not for everybody, but I do think that there is something about you know energy that you're putting out you're going to get back whether mm-hmm. you believe in the law of attraction which i do or you believe in just um you know i really believe in intention really is what it is like if you have a good intention if you set a good intention for a day and you go out there and you intend to connect with people and to like exude confidence and reliability and sincerity and just projecting that whole that whole vibe versus going out there and be like i don't know what i'm doing i'm super anxious like people can pick up on that and you're not going to get the same opportunities, especially in a sales job and, and an outside sales job, especially going to new customers or going even to customers you're trying to convert over or whatever. Like you're just not going to get that same kind of feedback from them that you're looking for if you go out there without the right intention. And
1: Yeah. I mean, Im- imagine going to an event and, um, you know, just going up to people, and you're not just going to say, you know, hey, I'm Mike from CD and this is what I do and blah, 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 right? Yeah. But, um, you know, if you show interest in other people and you ask them what they do and, and you kind of dominate the conversation and making it about them.
2: Yeah.
1: I'll say at some point, because it doesn't always happen. And when it doesn't, I kind of throw my hands up like I can't believe it didn't. But at some point, they're going to ask you what it is that you do. Right. Um, and, and that's your opportunity to, you know, non-threateningly kind of give your little your little pitch, if you will. Yeah. Um. But then you flip it right back on them again, and it's about I think it's about building goodwill.
0: Are you familiar with uh, Impact Theory and Tom Billy? You have you ever heard those names before? Mm-hmm. Well, Tom Billy is the the Quest Nutrition guy, and he he's he's one of the three uh, okay, founders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a mm-hmm. new series out called the uh, Impact Theory, where it's all about uh, developing, you know, the, the billionaire mindset, whatever you want to call it, just the growth mindset, switching from a fixed to a growth mindset just by simply making the choice to do so. But one of the things he always talks about is if you wanna be interesting to somebody, be interested in yep, them first. Yeah, absolutely. I am sure he got that from somebody else. Yeah, but... he definitely stole that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really think that that's so important. Like if you go out there and just try to like just just be interested in what they're doing. Like I went to are you familiar with um oh man, I can't believe I am I am blanking on their name right now. Uh Parabel. Have you heard of Parabell
2: mm. here in Vero? I don't think so. Uh,
0: Parabell is this... It's it's really cool. We went out there for the first time, and they are growing this... It's called duckweed, and it's kind of like spirulina, except it's a plant, not an algae. It goes in 30 inches of water. And they're building these enormous farms, like unreal how big these farms are, of just like really shallow pools. And um, I'm going to bring this back. Don't worry. And <laughs> And... <laughs> The only person I'd ever met from Paravel was uh, the electrician that comes in here, and so the electricians, as much as I love electricians, like sometimes the guy that comes to get the materials not not the business owner or not the most polished individual. Uh, so that's and that's the only perception I have of this company. And so I'm thinking like, oh, it's some algae farm or whatever, some industrial thing. Um, so I go out there, and it's in Felsmere, so it's kind of back roads, dirt roads, or whatever. And I and the first person I meet's like oh, you're at the wrong place. Let me take you to the right place. And I'm like, oh man, so now we're getting in the car driving 15 minutes elsewhere. And then he's like, oh, you go in that trailer over there. I'm like, oh, no, it's in a trailer. Like, this is exactly what I think it is. And I walk in and it's like this beautiful office they've done inside this trailer. The, the people got the heads up from the guy that I'm on my way. They, they end up introducing me to the, the exact right people I needed. Um, ends up being like this startup in the in florida that's going to be hiring like hundreds of people here that mm-hmm. like really good paying jobs They're, they've got a mission to replace whey protein in all sources using this duckweed that's got you know amazing minerals and all that stuff um but i said i was gonna read it back and then i totally lost it so for me it was like i i went out there with the intention of, of just meeting these people and and trying to figure out like how i could add value to their organization and uh maybe i needed to collect some money too but it was really about like like let me figure out what these guys are all about without any judgment or anything like that and it ended up being a a really great experience because of it um and and that we're gonna do a ton of stuff with them i gave them a bunch of ideas they gave me a bunch of ideas and uh but one question i did have for you i totally dropped that and we're just gonna move on but uh one question i have for you is like what do you actually do when you're at these events to build that rapport within like the first say 30 seconds a minute two minutes uh, is there, like, a technique that you have or something that you think about?
1: Um... Yeah, I mean, it, um, obviously, I think it has a lot to do with your personality, and I think some people are just better at that in general. And, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I, that's not my strongest suit. Like, I, I have friends and, and friends in, my, in the business and stuff, and I'm very um, – admire them, type of people that I could go to a bar and make friends with anybody in five minutes. Right. So I'm not necessarily like that. Um, but, you know, I can – I can turn it on when I have to. And, um, that f- you kind of hit the nail on the head. You said rapport. And so I think yeah. in any kind of business situation, building rapport is super important. And whether that's just, you know, striking a conversation about something non-business related, um, just kind of going with the flow of, of the event and whatever the conversation is. But do um, you have
0: the, like, I'm thinking about these trainees that are, they're all going to the outside sales thing and they have to and a lot of them are super anxious because they've never—they're right out of college. They came in here, did it for a year. Mm-hmm. They're going to go somewhere else. Um, they, so the vibe I'm getting is that like even if they're confident what they know like the idea of cold calling or even even warm calling customers that that may know a CED or going to a networking event. Like, what kind of tips can we offer them that would be useful? Or even people have been doing it forever, they're just still kind of shy or have some anxiety about it.
1: Yeah. So I mean. To build a rapport, I mean, you obviously have to ask questions, and so if yeah. like, you know cold calling and war calling is a little bit different because you're kind of getting to the point right away of what it is you're calling and you're trying to
2: right. kind
1: of entice them pretty quickly. But yeah. um, if you're getting a meeting and you're meeting with somebody, again, it's the same thing as if you're if you're networking, you want to you know be inquisitive about them, get them talking, find out about you know their business, the history of the company, yeah, um, you know them personally. Um, People love to tell their story, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, if I'm working with a new client and maybe they've been working with a financial advisor in the past, you know, the first thing they want to talk about is investments. And, you know, my, as we kind of alluded to earlier, my business is grounded in financial planning and the only way we can proper and, and we use the financial plan to drive the investment recommendations we're making because right. that's the only way you can make proper investment recommendations in in my in my mind because
0: it changes person to person based on what they want to
2: do
1: right well yeah. you know obviously we're kind of getting on a tangent but when yeah. you're you're, yeah. you're investing you know it's all about you're managing risk and so you can look at someone or or know about someone that they might be risk averse or they might be you know comfortable with risk and that's all fine and well, but then you have to merge that together with their goal. And so the only way you can identify what their goals are is to do the financial plan by understanding them on a deeper level. And so part of the first meeting is typically trying to get people to understand that. And let's put, let's not talk. About, I know you want to talk about the investments. We'll get to that. Probably right. not even in this meeting. Probably in a, in a in a in a future meeting. Right. But you know, tell me about you. How'd you end up in Bureau? You know, are you married? Do you have kids? What's you know, tell me about your family. What about your work? What's important to you? Yeah. And so. You know, obviously, maybe I have more of a green light to do that than maybe, you know, someone in sales at CED. But you can do the same thing, but be very specific more towards the company in general. Yeah. So tell me about the company, tell me about the history of the company. You know, if it's a business owner, how'd you start the company? Um, you know, just get them talking because like you said, people love to talk about themselves.
0: That's actually what I love most about meeting new customers is, again, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Like these people were either really good electricians or I thought they were really good electricians. Some of them either uh, really wanted to run their own business or were left with no choice but to run their own business. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Like they they don't they don't get along with other people to the extent <laughs> where they just like, oh, I'll just do it myself. And so they do. Um, but they always have like a really awesome story about how they started. And, you know, they go from no trucks to one truck to five trucks to 10 trucks. And it's like, I love that. Like I listened to how I built this on NPR, the podcast. And it's all about companies that just start from like, bars of soap in the bathroom to to these enormous multi-million dollar things and so i love hearing that story uh and it gets them talking it's 90 Mm percent them talking about something that they're really passionate about something maybe they haven't said to somebody in a long time maybe they say it every day you know but it's still they they really like saying that that story and again if you want to be interesting to somebody be interested in what they're doing um i kind of just bring that up and then kind of sit back and let them tell the story and then find pick up keys of like how i can add value based on what they're saying um within that it uh it is a challenge though like i, I guess if you never had any sales experience uh for these trainees because uh, it's something that we're talking about right now we have like six people doing this right mm-hmm. now and within the next month or so so that's why i keep bringing it back to it i sold art out of the back of my car for two years when i was 18 so i have a slightly different perspective on all of this um and that's a very short sales cycle, if you're curious. sure. It's like, hey, you want art? No, you don't want art? Cool, have a great day. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> and that was so much about the law of attraction and putting out a good intention for your day and, and your, your attitude had to be the exact same on door number 100 as it was on number one or you'd never make the final sales. Sure. Um, but I, I do think that at some point, you just have to, you have to be comfortable with just being uncomfortable, right? Like that's yeah. that's a big part of it.
1: You know, I think, you know, to be interesting, be interested, right? And yeah. so, you know, build that rapport, get them talking, but then at the end of the day, kind of taking it back to what we talked about earlier, it's, you know, everyone has a need. And so, if you're meeting with, um, you know, a, a potential customer or whatever, um, you know, if you can, if you can build that rapport and you can get them liking you, they're going to be open to hearing what it is you have to say. Yeah. Or not necessarily what you have to say, but what you have to offer. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's, again, there's the price is what you pay, value is what you get. Yeah. And so they're going to have a need. They're going to have something. There's going to be a way.
0: They have to buy electrical supplies. Exactly. Yeah. And so they're probably doing it somewhere already. Yeah, so, they have to. So, you
1: know, what, did it, what is it that we can do? How can we add value to what you're currently doing? And yeah. maybe that's in the price, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's in something else. Um,
0: so that's what I'm most concerned about. And that's one of the reasons I started this podcast was to get more perspectives because I really believe, as the tagline says, ideas in, equal ideas out. Like we're very close in this industry, especially to being just stomped on by, and you're seeing it already. I, I don't even know what percentage of the industry's gone to online sales or um, things of that nature. The Amazons of the world, Internet of Things of the world, but um, that's so disruption's a big part of it, and just trying to stay one step ahead of it by bringing in as many different opinions and people as possible, uh, because at the end of the day. Maybe not this generation of electricians, but certainly the next one's going to be very, very tech-savvy and 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 want... We're already seeing it now. Like If a customer orders something this morning, they want tracking this afternoon. And it's like, hey, man, I have to email three people to get that or whatever. It's, it takes a lot of time. Well, shit, I could have just ordered this on Amazon and get tracking right away. So we're always looking for ways that can really set us aside from that beyond price, because that's a big one, too. They're just checking our price on the internet, but mm-hmm. also the service aspect of it and and leveraging the relationship part of it and we do a lot of stuff too like like cash discounts if you pay on time and things like that uh, but certainly that's that's definitely one of the driving factors of this podcast is just to get more ideas in to, to either grow the business or not let the whole thing just explode to the internet like because that's i could see that happening in the next 10 years you know i'm mm-hmm. um, trying to stay one step ahead of it do you see any and, and networking in general like. Um, it, a lot of that's gone to online social media. Do you use any of that within your networking techniques, strategies, or is it all person to person? How do you see the future of that going?
1: For my for my industry and my business, yeah. I mean, it's now I'm in one of the more heavily regulated industries in the world, so um, hopefully everything <laughs> you know everything we say and do is is recorded and monitored and has to go through compliance. Um, yeah. and so you know I'm on LinkedIn but it's very restrictive uh, don't do a lot of social media and stuff like that mm. the majority of what we're doing is you know it's just, it's just a relationship heavy business anyway so it's it is face to face and person to person but you know the networking is very important obviously you're you know for the the new guys at CED they're out there trying to meet new people expand their network make a name for themselves garner new customers right yeah um and then so when you obviously you land a new customer that's just the first part you know that's probably one of the more that's probably one of the harder parts but it's just the first step
2: yeah because
1: now you have to keep the customer um and so i think that you know differentiator is to not be reactive but be proactive and so
2: yeah
1: you know in my industry you know, we focus a lot of our time on, you know, systemizing and and making things as proactive as possible. And, you know, that helps in a lot of ways, um, lets the customer know you're thinking about them, you're, you're, again, it's, it's all part of that added value. Right. Um, And so, you know, if you sell somebody, you know, some electrical supply, and they pay for it, and then they take it out the door, and they're gone. But if you're providing some sort of a, a follow up or a support or a back end, you know, they've already paid, but now they're getting all this extra service. And so, it, again, it's a value add. Um,
0: Sometimes it's just a follow-up text, like, hey, right. how did that work out for you? If you know it was kind of a dicey situation, right. the guy's walking right, right, out right. not 100% sure, and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, whatever happened with that? Mm-hmm. I did that today, and the guy was like, oh, man, thanks for reaching out. It worked out great. But had I not done that, A, it would have been a mystery for me, and B, it would have been like, well, this guy doesn't care. He just cares that I bought something, Right. you know?
1: And so if you're if you're being proactive, um, A, it's it, – it's, Again, going to add value and maybe make that person more likely to refer you other business or, or talk about you and tell tell their friends and other people in the industry. So that's a, that's a positive. Yeah. Um, but being proactive in a systemized way also allows you to spend more time prospecting and going out and finding new business as well. Yeah. Um, and so that's also obviously super important. And a valuable piece to the to the puzzle
0: because you got to fill that pipeline. You got to have right. the people that you're working with now and the people you want to be working with in the future. I think Tony Robbins says you've always got to be working in two businesses at the same time: the business that you're in and the business that you're trying to become. And you can't take your eye off either one of them. Wow,
1: Tony Robbins, impressive. Yeah, yeah, throw that
0: out there. Uh, I'm into all that stuff. Man. I just <laughs> I just dive into it all. And for some I saw moment,
1: him live. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you go to
0: like a uh, Unleash the Power Within? Or now,
1: my wife's a dentist, and uh, we went couple years ago to Vegas. I'd never been to Vegas before, so they had a, there's a big convention out there for a, a large dental company. Yeah? One of the craziest things I've ever been to. Like
0: A Tony Robbins show? No, it, it was no.
1: Like, it was just this uh, convention for dentists, and it was...
0: <sighs> People just going crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was literally like a, th- like a three-day
1: party. Like, there was a private concert with Train one oh, night, and uh, Emm- wow. Emmett Smith from the Dallas Cowboys gave a keynote address. What? Um, and then they had Tony Robbins come in, and so... There's laughing gas everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he was very forthcoming forthcoming that you know he typically doesn't speak for less than 48 hours like he'll only do events in two, in two you know two days is the shortest event he'll do like yeah, a weekend yeah because he doesn't feel like he can communicate his message and such a but and then he tried to condense it into like a three-hour thing um and i mean i know he he's the man right and he gets a lot of props It didn't really connect with me but yeah. um i don't know it was very it was very <laughs> it was very hokey you know he's got like a staff and there's a keyword that drops and the music plays and yeah it's just like yeah that's a little too much for me that's so one of the things I noticed about
0: um how have you seen that Netflix documentary about him um I'm not sure guru. no but
1: it, that probably sounds interesting I should probably check that out it's
0: like a behind the scenes kind of thing it's pretty cool I think you like it but it does show a lot of that like hey when this is ha- like they're planning like hey when I say this or like when yeah. this guy when I I call it this guy because I got his file and I'm reading it like he does read everybody's files so like if something comes up that's unique. He's like, okay, I know that that's related to this and blah, blah, blah. So there's a little bit more of like a – what was that movie with Steve Martin?
1: Where mm. He's, he's the that? healer.
0: Midnight City or something like he's that? He's the healer though, right? The healer, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's but got he,
1: all his minions doing like recon in the audience and there's – So there's a little bit of that. Planted people. And, but my thing is if it gets you to the result that you're looking for that
0: you feel like you paid enough and you paid the right price for to get the value out of the experience, going for tying this all back together – <laughs> um, then it, then who cares how he does it, right? right? If you leave That's with fine. this emotional state, this boost that, like, helps you grow your business, helps you become a better husband, a better sure. son, whatever, makes you quit doing drugs or whatever, then who cares really how he does it? Right. As long as it's legal and ethical and all that stuff. Um, but I, I do listen to – actually, I got introduced to Tom Bilyeu by looking at uh, Tony Robbins' videos. I used to do this thing in the morning where I work out every morning and I play motivational videos like like on YouTube but did not watch them just had the audio going. So it was like always Tony Robbins and then I, I was like, oh, let me just Google some more Tony Robbins stuff. And he's got some really powerful stuff and it, it really does stick with me. Uh, but then he was interviewed by Tom Billu and I was like, who's this Tom Billu guy? What else does he do? And then so I got on Inside Quest and then Impact Theory. and um, Is that what he's doing full time now? The Quest guy? Impact Theory, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be, his goal is to be bigger than Disney, you know. And and I really believe that if you're spending time driving around in your car and listening to music, music's great. I love music. uh, But your time could be better spent, uh, you know, empowering your life, learning some new skill, new way to look at things by listening to podcasts, listening to content that Mm -hmm. empowers you. And Impact Theory is probably the best one out there. Problem is, he's been doing it for a long time. And so if you don't start at the beginning, you're kind of jumping in. You're like, Wait. You're missing a lot of the stuff he talked about because he's not repeating himself like hardly ever. Uh, so there's always new stuff coming out that you really have to kind of backtrack sort of six months and start. So start from the beginning. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I think the first episode was with Michael Strahan, but even the Inside Quest before he did Impact Theory was really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just empowering content, and that's what that's what this is all about. Like ideas and equal ideas out. The more information you put in the more you're going to get out of it because with the idea being that the person you are today and it's only based on the information you've learned and and actually retained up until this point and so any skills you have have only gotten you literally this far to this exact moment in time and if you want to be better tomorrow than you were today the only way you're going to do that is through the acquisition of new skills new information and actually working your ass off and applying that information into an intentional meaningful way moving forward so that's the whole method behind it. It's definitely opened my eyes to be like, hey, anything, anybody that I look at in the world, you know, if I aspire to be like, I don't know about like Michael Jordan, put that out there, like, but like he's just worked really hard at being a good basketball player. You're too short, Mike.
2: Well, I hate, Muggsy Bows. I hate Okay, there you go.
0: Okay, so he's he's a perfect example. Everyone told him he was too short, but if you just put in the work and there's no such like he, kinda, I don't know if he believes there's no such thing as talent, but I really like to take it to that extreme. Was like. There's nothing as talent, there's just somebody that's got skills that's worked harder than you have to get there. Right. And so success leaves clues, you can backtrack the things that they've done in order to get to where you want to be. So if you're looking at an outside salesperson when you go to a new store um, and they're doing two or three million dollars in revenue or whatever, and you're like, Well, I'm not even doing two or three dollars, it's day one. How the hell am I gonna get to two or three million dollars? You can backtrack all the things that he's done, pick and choose the best ones. And maybe spend time with him and three other salespeople and pick and choose the best things and, and pick up the clues that they're leaving to their success. Assemble it make it your own. And I really like what you said. First, they like you. Then they trust you. Then they – you have
1: to – what was the last thing? Then they have to recognize that you're good at what you do and, and that you have something to offer, I guess, in, in the case of CED.
0: Yeah. Something so it's, of value. So it's really important to be super warm up front and, and get that likability factor in first. And that's honestly – it's got to be the easiest part cuz you just have to be friendly, you have to be outgoing, you just have to be like calm and I was just talking to Taylor yesterday I was like man you get to be a hero. Like you get to walk in there and be like what problems do you have that I can take off your plate? What 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 problems do you have that I can turn into opportunities? Basically is what it is. And and I love that. You walk into a place and they're like, "Oh man, we're we're, we're six months be, you know, we're we're this thing needs to be done tomorrow, we can't find anybody to do it." And it's like, "Oh, I know where to get those." And you're a hero. Like you get to literally wear a cape and a mask and walk in there and right. save the day.
1: So you know, we said before, or I said before that you know, I think it's, I think it's a Warren Buffett quote. You know, um, it is price is what you pay, value is what you get. It is. But um, to look at it for kind of from another angle, something that's talked about in my industry is um, they say, you know, in the absence of value, price takes over. Mm. Right. And yeah. so I think when we when you're talking about <clears throat> you know the Amazons of the world and, and things like that. You know, if you're not if you're not adding value, you're not doing all the stuff we talked you know we talked about so far on the podcast to try to differentiate yourself and and make it a good experience and things like that. Yeah. Then people are going to price shop and they're just going to get whoever's the cheapest. But um, you know, people I think are willing to pay, you know, probably not a lot more, but a little bit more to get it for the experience. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you know, you look at the millennial generation um, because there's obviously a lot of research going into that. Um, that 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 I'm focused on and my industry is focused on, mm-hmm. um, and you know people they say that the millennials in in, in the whole and I think you'll you'll probably agree, um, they'd rather spend their money on an experience over something tangible. Absolutely, right. And so, well,
0: because they saw the crash that just happened in 2007, they saw their parents maybe lose a job or whatever, and recognize that materialistic things aren't aren't the end all be all, and they can be taken away tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know. But the experiences you have and the education and things like that. Um, certainly are more long-lasting and more memorable than, you know, a a fancy new toy.
1: Right. And, you know, I think a really good example of that um, is you look at, you know, Steve Jobs and what he did with iTunes. Mm. Um, If you remember when iTunes first came out, um, people thought he was crazy uh, because you had, like, Napster and I think it was, like, LimeWire LimeWire. and Torrance and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you could get free music – with, with a little bit of work, wherever, wherever you wanted. yeah, Um, a bit of and so, and so I think it, it's a jobs quote where he said, the way that you compete with free is to make it easy. Hmm. Right. And, and, but you know, really what he meant is, is iTunes and Apple is, is an experience and it was a brand and, yeah. and people wanted to be a part of it. And so I think that that's obviously, you know, we're talking about Apple here and it's kind of a, a, a grand example, but you know, whether it's my industry or CD or whatever, you know, you can do things to differentiate yourself to create an experience and to add value, yeah. whether that's, you know, following up with a text or providing free shipping or delivery or having a barbecue, right? Yeah. Um, and then people aren't going to be so so focused, hyper-focused on, you know, what it, exactly how it costs compared to what I can get it on, you know, somewhere else or maybe online.
0: Well, and for me, it's all those things. And I, I love comparing it to Apple and, and then comparing it to the other uh, less – you know, versions that come with a lot more baggage, right? Like With LimeWire, you got to dodge the viruses and you're, you're never too, you're never getting the best quality audio. You know, the musicians aren't getting paid, blah, blah, blah. And so we want to strive to be the best by having the best brands, the best service, the best, you know, the most employees. Because if I can get you in and out faster, that that is in and of itself worth the extra money if you're paying a little extra money. Because mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. If I have two of your guys getting to the job site faster or better yet, you don't even have to come here. You can just go straight to the job site and we'll meet you there. Um, soon we'll have a drone that's going to bring it out to you, Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, five pounds or under, uh, all of those things. It's, uh, it really does help and makes their job easier. And I've said for a long time now, i I stopped selling electrical supplies about a year ago and I started selling an electrical supply experience and it's the whole package. It's not one thing that you can put your hand on and say, what about this one price on the thing? It's like, well, what about all the things that we do on top of that? And quite frankly, Mr. Customer, I need the extra margin in there so that when things go wrong, I'm not hitting you up and nickel and diamond you on the extra freight or whatever. I'm just flying it in, you know, all smiles and happiness. And if I don't have the extra margin to do that, then we do have this difficult conversation where it's like, yeah, it's 75 bucks for next day air because somebody screwed up and it wasn't me. you know. But if if I have the opportunity to make those things go away, make it seamless, make it easy, um, then everyone goes home happy. So networking is really important. Uh, I definitely want to thank you for your time. Be respectful of it. I know you have a very pregnant wife. Uh, <laughs> networking is very important. If you want to be True. interesting to new people, be interested in what they're doing to ask them. The Easiest question in the world is like, how did you get here? How did you get this far? Uh, how did you start this business? People will talk to you about it for half an hour. Um, and I love this quote, Zig Ziglar. We shared this quote. I think I posted on the CED Facebook page. It's, uh, You can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And that's, that's the definition of service right there. So don't focus on yourself and what you're going to get out of it. Focus on adding value to others. And I promise you it'll all come back because karma is real. Jeremy, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Have a good night, guys.